Hey everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Azure uh, podcast uh, with me, Alan, and Sam. Hey Sam, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You? Yeah, not too bad. How's your couple of weeks been since we last spoke? Um, yeah, I mean, the summer has ended in the UK, <laughs> uh, which is one piece of news that everybody must, uh, yeah, some people will be able to relate to. Um, but apart from that, from my perspective, um, things are definitely getting busier for me. Um, you know, I think as the weeks go by, um, especially where we are, right, down in the southwest of the UK, um, things are getting more normal every week, if, if that, you know, if that's if that's a good way to put it, really. Um, so, yeah, so from a pandemic standpoint, um, yeah, everybody's safe and healthy. Um, and yeah, I managed to take a week off as well. Um, and so I still did a bit of work, but yeah, it was nice to just sort of have a bit of a break. How about you? Yeah, I had a couple of weeks off. I think it was, I think during the last, uh, podcast I was, um, I know we were, whilst we were recording, I was off, but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been all right. You, you're right about the weather. It's been gloriously hot and also gloriously wet <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think it's very uh, contrasting weather situation at the moment isn't it yeah it's been it's been a bit bit crazy really you know one day absolutely baking hot well for the uk anyway yeah um, <laughs> and then um then absolutely you know i know yeah wet but um yeah work's been going okay busy uh doing training for asa 500 oh yeah when's so... your asa 500 exam and a couple of days, so Ooh. we will see. I booked it today, so okay. we will um, we'll see how we get on. Um, I've got a um, I bought a voucher so that I could uh, do a retake if I needed it, which is just slightly cheaper. Yeah, um, but hopefully not going to need it. Um, well, hopefully that's a waste of money, right? But and I'm sure yeah. I'm sure it will be a waste of money. But um, it's you know, you know, um, as you just mentioned, that it's worth you know if you're. Not if you're not confident, but if you think it's going to be a challenging exam, and I think AZ five hundred is a bit of a beast, isn't it? Yeah, and it, you know, I mean, we talked about this in the, a couple of episodes ago, wasn't it? Or was it? Yeah, yeah I think it was a couple, a couple of episodes, episodes ago. Now. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's for in the UK, it's about fifty pounds cheaper than taking two exams, buying two exams separately. So it's yeah. a little bit of a saving, but it's just a safety net makes you less. Um, Puts less pressure on you on the first one. Do you get the practice um, questions as well with that? You what can do, but not. I didn't buy them. Oh, uh, are they on top? So I thought you got. Um, if you bought the second, is it not? If you buy the retake, you get the practice questions for free, or is that? Am I no, there's another. There's another um, tier. Right. Okay. Of, um, okay. A voucher you can get. You can get one with the the exam, the practice exams as well. Again, got still it. cheaper okay. than. Yeah buying them separate all of it individually but um, right so you can basically buy it like as a triple bundle all together like a retech to retake and the practice questions if you want yeah yeah okay got it yeah so we'll, we'll see how that goes but, cool um, yeah well i wish you all the best i'm sure you'll be absolutely fine there like you usually yeah, are we'll, so. we'll find out <laughs> everyone else will find out in the uh, in the next podcast if yeah we i'll, I'll make a it. note i'll make a note. i'm sure we will either way i'm sure we'll talk about it yeah so um what we talk about today so we're going to talk about zero trust, or the concept of zero trust at least, um, which kind of take the um, Microsoft stance on it. Um, it's been more of a recent, um, not necessarily, it's, it's been out there for a while, but it's more um, 
used now due to everyone working from home and things like that. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. So do you want to just give us a quick rundown of what Zero Trust is? I assume this isn't a Microsoft concept, Zero Trust. It's more of a, you know, an overarching network, uh, well, you know, IT principle. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, yeah, it's not uh, Microsoft haven't invented it or anything like that, but, you know, it's just talk, we'll talk about some of the um, the technology that help towards having a zero trust sort of concept or um, principles, I guess. So um, it's kind of starts off with um, not, you know, trust nothing, verify everything. So, you know, in the world today where everyone's working from home, um, you don't know where they're working from. You can't trust what devices they're connecting to or using to access 365 or any of the, the other applications. Um, and you don't know what networks they're on. You know, they could be at the costers and things like that. And previously you could trust, you know, your infrastructure because everyone was there. Um, so this kind of takes the concept saying, you know, even the stuff on your on-premise infrastructure, because, um, you know, some businesses are going back now. Um, you don't trust that because um, you should always assume that you've been breached um today's world it's kind of you can prevent you know 90 percent of it 199 percent of it we can never um protect against everything um and quite the you know in the last couple of years it's always been a shoot you know assume breach that you know you are going to get um some form of um breach whether it be small or you know large like the ones yeah. out there i mean i'm not uh i'm not like any sort of security expert you know by any you know professional stance but it must be that it's you can never guarantee that you are secure right you can make like you say you could be you could try and quantify it with a number like we are 99 percent sure that we are impenetrable but there is no guarantee right like there's no is is there a real way to say no i am 100 percent secure i don't think there is um there's a lot of or there's a couple of security um vendors out there that say that you can be 100% but you just can't because you know zero day attacks you know there's nothing you know if you've not seen it you can't protect against it and there's always new stuff out there and so, I think there's always an element of human interaction right with these systems you know um because you know the the easiest you know attack vector that in my in my mind is to attack the people right social engineering trying to get you know um accounts you know legitimate people's accounts and identities and then gain access that way you know so it might be from a technical perspective you know from a network security you know perspective yes you have the the most expensive firewalls and the best configuration and the best um you know um it security policies but you know if somebody you know, clicks if on somebody that wants to, yeah. yeah. If somebody clicks on a link, or you know, um, if somebody, if you've got a, um, oh, what do you call it, uh, where you've got a malicious actor inside of your organization, right? You know, there's there's no way to stop them. Say, you know, um, taking a picture of their screen, or you know, retyping documents over to, uh, you know. So it's you can never be a hundred percent secure, can you? Like as in, but you can make it as hard as possible. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think it's even though you assume breach you've got to think about how you deal with your post you know that post breach scenario you know your avs your your edrs solutions things like that that are in place to prevent it spreading or reducing the impact of that breach 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where, you know, that I can't remember what the stat is out there that, you know, most breaches people don't, or companies don't find out for 160 days or something like that. It's, it's wow. something like that. It's something okay. crazy that, yeah. you know, people don't know about it. And it's just, you know, if you knew about it, you can stop, you know, restrict, you know, reduce the impact. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so the concept of zero trust is to verify everything. So that is, you know, whenever someone's accessing um, data or applications, um, you know, it. I mean, everything's really you know tied around data now um, okay, in yeah. today's world. But um, you know, accessing though that data, um, you know, verifying you know the device, the location, the user itself, you know, whether they've been doing weird, you know, there's some behaviour changes with them you know verifying that it is who they are with you know multi-factor authentication mfa yeah. um so is this also taking the concept that if you imagine a bank card right and we've we've all had it where our bank card gets mysteriously blocked for some reason you know you go to buy something in a shop and you know um it doesn't really happen that often now does it but you know your bank will think right you know um sam doesn't shop in marks and spencers or wherever it is right often so you know uh, that's a really trivial example example but is it sort of you know um monitoring you know common usage patterns from your user base and saying okay it seems really strange that alan is now logging in from um you know the the arctic circle you know right i use that as because i don't want to yeah. single out any nation or anything like that so <laughs> it's like you know is is alan trying to connect from the arctic circle because that doesn't make sense because usually he works from his shed in pool you know like is that the sort of you know where instead of instead of saying instead of trying to you know secure the network that alan is on we're just trying to look for common patterns where alan is doing you know weird actions yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And I think if you think about when you pay online with your your debit card, credit card, and the uh, the the secure the the second part of it now, the um, used to be called verified by Visa. I think it's kind of that, but the that kind of second part where it, it does that check. Um, I, I can't remember what it's called. Is it called secure? I can't remember what it's called. You mean the um, two-factor, like sending... Kind of bit, yeah, Yeah. where it checks. That bit has got um, learning to know if you always come from that IP address. Yeah. From a technical perspective, it's checking your behavior. If you always always logged on from the UK and, you know, from Paul Dorset. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll I'll give you an example of, like, the sort of client-side technologies that are there. Uh, Stripe, for instance, when you integrate with Stripe, you have to... um, That has, like, a JavaScript client that checks how your mouse is moving around the screen. So it's trying to work out whether a bot is trying to check out on a piece, you know, and it's looking at all of these manners of different fact, you know, these different factors to try and work out, is there actually a human? Sorry. Is there actually a human on the other side um, of that, of that, you know, keyboard and mouse? All right. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's not just, it's, you know, from your perspective, it's, I suppose, you're thinking about it like locations and you know which devices they're on and then there's even more you know checks that go on i mean i you know i don't know from a you know microsoft and uh you know all the technologies that you're going to talk about you know um, later on but um from the world of card processing um yeah that sort of stuff definitely does happen they are watching you whilst you uh, check out all right okay 
So yeah, the the other parts of zero trust is making sure you know it's kind of that post breach or the Zoom breach part is making sure that people don't have you know full admin access all the time yeah. to reduce that. You know, you don't trust everyone. They they have to elevate to get it. So um, we talked about it last week in in the Azure Security Center, the just in time access. Yeah. Um, for Azure resources. Um, the other thing you can do in Azure AD is the privileged identity management, so PIM, which give, elevates your rights for Azure AD, right? So within 365 and things like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, you don't have access all the time. So if your account gets breached, you know, compromised, then yeah, um, the bad actor can't elevate without MFA as an example, or it's flagged that someone elevates. There might be approval processes, things like that. Yeah, okay. So it's dependent on, so by default, even if you were, say, like a global admin, right, um, it would actually make more sense for you to say, okay, day to day, because I don't need admin all the time, you know, only when I'm doing administrative work, you know, um, on Office 365 or Azure. Um, so what you're basically saying there is, is that you could have a normal user you know, uh, roll at one point, and then you could say, right, for the next, for the next two hours, I'd like to be admin or whatever the number is. Um, and at that point, you either have to get some sort of managerial approval or you MFA to prove that it's you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's also looking at um, just having, an, it's called just enough access as well. So making sure that, you know, for the task you're doing or for the job role you have, you only have, you know, not everyone's a global admin, as an example, in the Azure AD world, you know, or, you know, guessing within Azure resources or Azure, um, you know, you're not all um, owners of the resource group, as an yeah. example. You're, you know. Well, we have that in, like, in my world when we're talking about data sovereignty and making sure that, you know, people's privacy from a sort of a GDPR perspective um, we sort of um, always model data access on what you need to perform the function and you only have access for a certain amount of time. So exactly like what you're saying is instead of, say, giving access to absolutely everything because that's the simplest approach, um, it actually... Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear Oh, sorry, my light's just flicked out. Um, sorry, I thought my computer like completely switched <laughs> off there. My screen, my all my things flicked. Um so, yeah, so you're sort of saying that, you know, even when you're um, talking about, um, even when you're talking about accessing data, you're sort of siloing that data so that only certain people can access it, you know, that need to perform that function. Yeah, I think we've, I don't know if we've talked about it before, but kind of the, the concept of, you know, the, I think we talked about when we were talking about Power Platform. Yeah. And there's the common data service where you can say, um, only these people have access to the data. Um, I think, and th yeah, I think it was that anyway. Um, but, but yeah, basically, like you said, restricting the ac access to the data to, to, for people who only need access to certain parts. Yeah. Okay. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, zero trust has been around for ages and everyone has, you know, probably heard about it in the, not to say, bored of it of hearing it but um it's definitely worth bringing up again um especially for our podcast because it's you know, one thing that i deal with every day okay um yeah and it kind of ties into both sides you know access like you said access to the, the data within applications where that's you know where that's stored on azure or 
AWS or Google. From from my perspective, you know, a lot of those principles that we just spoke about really resonate with me as a developer, you know, because um, I know we're going to talk about it from the the point of, you know, I, you know, being able to access Azure or Office 365, you know, um, and from an identity point of view. But I think those principles, you know, nobody should have access to anything that they don't need to have access to, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. That doesn't make you know, need to know and all that, like that's, that seems completely legitimate to me. Yeah, absolutely. So the kind of um, Microsoft kind of break it down into um, components. Okay. Um, So they've got a link um, which we can add to the um, show notes. um, So people can have a look at the the concept Microsoft has around it. Um, And it's quite good. Um, But basically they break it down into identity devices applications, uh, data, infrastructure, and network. Okay. Um, so when they talk about identity, they're talking about being, you know, being strong authentication. So using, you know, not using basic authentication, using um, OAuth, um, OpenID, um, technologies to do that authentication. You know, And that doesn't have to be with Azure AD. That can be with any other identity provider within applications, you know, um, the device. Okay, so, that, so, so that identity, sorry. Um, that identity in a really sort of simple uh, term is ensuring that the correct person is sitting, accessing that system, right? That we are proving that, you know, um, you know, Alan is sitting at his computer using that piece of software or accessing that system. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in, in the concept of um, Azure AD, that is what in, a, in essence is con- what conditional access is. Okay. So that is um, you specifying what you want to check. Yeah. So some applications or some applications or data you might want not you might not want to do many checks, um, or you you know. So the example is there where you can say um, if they're in the if they're outside the UK um, and they're not on a managed device, um, then you block access. Yeah, um, you might say if they're outside the UK and they're on a managed device and it's compliant, so it's you know it's got no threats on it from Defender ATP. It's got um, it's got encryption. It's got that baseline. It's got using. It's got you know a complex password on it. Um, then I force it to MFA and I let them in. It might be that if they're in the UK and they're on a trusted device. Um, and the compliance is met, then I won't MFM because I trust the UK per se. Yes, everyone can VPN. A bad actor can VPN into the UK and go from there. Yeah. Um, more more effort required from the bad yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, but you know, you check all that sort of um, that sort of stuff. But um, Microsoft also do a um, a dynamic check to see where the user's coming from and whether that IP address has had bad actors on it. So it's like a risk level. Okay. Um, so that's uh, identity protection part of Azure AD. So not only providing your own rules, Microsoft can also use what it understands about the rest of you, uh, the customers of Office 365 and leverage what's happening, you know, maybe attacks and malicious actors that are, you know, attacking against those people to also protect your, 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 you know, your Office 365. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it gives you a, a user and sign-in risk level. 
Okay. So yep. that that is you know none low medium high, and that's you know like you said that's based on other attacks against Azure AD yep. or Microsoft, but also um, that's grabbing information that Microsoft have collected. Um, so as some background, I may have talked about this before in one of the other podcasts, but um, Microsoft buy um, take down botnets networks. Um, they normally take over and control the command take over the command and control um, IPs or DNS so they can see where bots are running from. Um, then they take them down so they're not doing anything bad, but it means that they've got the um, telemetry to then say, well, this user's logging in from this IP address and I can still see a bot talking to it. So they've got malware on a device on that network. Okay, yeah. So from that concept, and then they give that a medium risk and that could be flagged up in the identity protection side of things. Um, okay. The other thing is that if there is a you know, malicious um, or bad actors can um, change IPs, you know, frequently, um, but at that time of login, it's able to uh, determine that there was a bad, you know, there was a bad actor on that IP just at that moment in time, yep. and flag that okay. there. Um, the other things it does is Microsoft um, buy password lists um, when they come out. From yep. the dark web, or um, you know, if they become public, public, um, to then uh, they process them against um, the password hashes um, in Azure AD, and then are able to flag people to say their current username for their corp, you know, company, and their password has been leaked. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can then flag on that within Microsoft Cloud Security and get users to change their passwords and things like that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Mm. So for password and credential reuse, you can you've also got automated, you know, somebody else is watching that. You know, there's no need for a human to watch that, right? Azure, you know, Office well, Office 365 and Microsoft are watching for that. Yeah, I mean there's things like impossible travel as well and things like that. And sometimes there are false positives. You know, nothing's perfect. Um, but you can um flag them up within identity protection to basically say that um, it's a false positive and the mach- the AI machine learning in the background will then learn for your tenant that that is kind of the correct like um, movement for that user kind of thing. So it will start learning tenant-wide rather than Microsoft-wide. Um, and then if, you know, if it starts seeing it again, it will uh, re-alert on it. So it's not like if you set it, then it will never question it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so then if we talk about devices, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but if you've got things like Microsoft Endpoint Manager, Intune, um, managing those devices, um, it can give the compliance level of that device. Like I said, you know, whether Defender has got any um, outstanding instance against it, if it's um, got encryption, things like that. Okay, so uh, that's just that's sort of looking at the configuration of the machine and any alerts that you know, um, like Defender or antivirus, you know, software, or for instance, it hasn't been patched. You know, um, yeah. and we can put rules in place if that mach- if that device isn't patched, or we don't think you know, like if somebody, so you could say something like if somebody was to bring their own device, you know, and in, in, enroll it, well, you know, have access to their email, you could say. You know, I want to make sure that they're using a current version of iOS on their mobile device, right? You can force that sort of stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then they become non-compliant, so you can stop older um, devices that can't update anymore. You know, in the Android world, definitely um, being out, you know, being used and having security vulnerabilities that can never be patched. Um, but yeah, then we go on to um, applications. And this is kind of talking about the permissions within applications. So like we said, just enough access. Um, and also talking about um, discovering what users are, uh, what applications they're using within um, the cloud that you don't know about. So shadow IT, um, just so you can get an understanding of, of, you know, understanding that someone's starting to upload masses of data to a third party app. So you can see a potential breach there or exfiltration of data, that kind of thing. Um, and then we've talked about data. We kind of talk around the classifying protect. So this is classifying data. So you can build those data loss prevention tools and things like that to um, stop that data going out and encrypting it um, using Azure Information Protection. Okay. Um, so that's actually hardening the like the data, the files, you know, yeah. so that they can't, if they were to leave, you know, the safety of our corporate network or Office 365 or whatever it is, um, that they can't be then accessed outside of the organization. Correct. And um, you can actually put some rules in to say that um, if you're opening a encrypted document um, by AIP, then you can force it that you can you couldn't open it in the UK or on an unmanaged device. You can do that. Okay. Be that restrictive if you want to. Wow, that's cool. That's really good. Yeah, especially um, if people are, you know, creating documents that could have potentially sensitive information in them, you know, and they manage to get it out of the network somehow you know or off their devices somehow um then you've got another line of you know defense because somebody needs to you know authenticate to get access to them yeah and it's good for when people leave because then they don't have access to those documents any anymore so if it's on a unmanaged device or they've exfiltrated it before they leave to start up their new business or whatever or bring it to definitely yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's dead yep um the next thing is kind of, is infrastructure, which is kind of just the user behavior analytics, so understanding what people do on the network or on you know three six five and things like that to understand that you know what's normal. Um, and then the last one is network, which really is the whole concept of trust no one, even on your current network, because you know anyone if anyone's in your network, you're the the normal concept to say well if it's if it's coming from my IP address, I trust it because I, I secure the network, but if someone's on there, then they've got full access to everything. So it's, it's looking at segmenting the network, you know, making sure that users only have access to certain things, they don't have access to the servers, et cetera. Um, so yeah, so we've kind of talked about some of the technologies that Microsoft um, suggest to help with zero trust, you know, Azure AD, identity protection, conditional access, Microsoft endpoint management, and they, they do mention Microsoft Threat Protection. So that is the Office 365 ATP. That is the Microsoft Defender ATP, those kind of things. So they're, they're looking at what's happening um, within your environments. So they're doing a bit of user behavior analytics as well as um, protecting the front doors 
or okay. post-breach stuff. So I mean, all of these, the products that you've just mentioned, obviously they are massive in their own right. And yes. they could probably warrant one or many episodes on each one of them. But as a whole, I suppose the question I've got is, is that all of these, all of these products are, um, I assume you have to have licensing for them. Um, and they are, I assume, wrapped up into your Office 365 licensing bundles that you have. Um, so are we sort of seeing a shift now to where, was this work ever done by a human? And is this now automation of a, you know, some sort of security role? Or is this, or is this being able to process huge amounts of data that is impossible for a one person or a small team of people to to take on? I think it's um, the data is massive for the, so Microsoft have the intelligence security graph, which is where all their signals come from. And that's coming from, you know, all the um, Microsoft accounts, you know, the, the, the personal Microsoft account sign-ins, all the Azure AD, Xbox logins, crazy. Um, but also it's coming from third parties, um, security vendors, where they're bringing data into us, into, into us, I say, into Microsoft, um, to give that picture of where the world is at that point in time. So okay. Microsoft spend millions a month on their security stuff now. You know, they are they were, you know, they were just a software company once. It did then did some hardware, but now um they're they're starting to come out as the, you know, a security vendor now because of all yeah. this this stuff but they're I suppose, putting in. I suppose this new world that we live in where Obviously, we're you know we're talking about pandemic people working from you know we're talking about a lot more flexibility in the way that people work. I suppose a lot of these technologies didn't need to exist um, before. Is that right? You know, it's only with our advent to moving to a more you know, and it didn't just it it was it was this was happening before the pandemic, but you know, is this just been a gradual shift? Is this the same? Is this is this the concepts of taking on-prem IT and moving it to the cloud? Are, the, are these just, the, you know, this is the new set of skills for some sort of IT administrator now? Yeah, I think it's, I think it is that, you know, beforehand the perimeter was your on-premise yeah. network and, you know, your firewalls and things like that. Now, you know, with other SaaS applications, you know, it doesn't have to be Microsoft ones, you know. It's, you know, that your logins are coming from, you know, you don't manage the network they're on, per se. Yeah. You manage the identity for that. Because, because a more a more traditional approach would be to have a, like you say, an on-premise IT perimeter in this fortress of you know safety, and then you assume if you have you know um, corporate laptops, they VPN in to get access to anything that's on-prem, right? Mm. um so yeah, and now so... and now all of those workloads or a, a load of those workloads are now being migrated into the cloud you don't need to phone home back to you know f the fortress of our secure network you can just go straight up into the cloud but they but it still needs some sort of way to keep track of all these devices that are out there right yeah and and restricting the access i mean you talk about the vpn and things like that um so if someone's identity was compromised they could VPN 
into the the corporate network yeah and depending on how you know normally what happens is that the the walls are all hard but the middle's all soft and yeah gooey. for sure yeah yeah you know yeah. easy to get through and once you're in the middle you've got everything you've got you've got yeah. everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah for sure it's not yeah. it's not it's not you know it's not always the the that's not always how it is but generally that's how what the concept was i've blocked you know i've made it difficult for someone to get in and i've made it easy for my users inside to do what they need to do yeah but what's yeah. also done is made it easy for a bad actor to do what they need to do as well yeah definitely so yeah. i think it's that con that's why the concept of you don't trust anybody on your network either yeah comes into it and like you said as you move into cloud applications you know i mean we talk about you know, i've been talking about azure ad and things like that you know it's not just office 365 you know if you've got other SaaS applications that are integrated like an you know, service now or um hr systems like workday and things like that you know you can protect those as well with the same sort of level of checking yeah um, before someone gets access to that application so okay yeah. so yeah so that's yes. kind of the concept okay so from what i've taken because obviously i'm not the subject matter expert here i've obviously just been asking some naive questions to alan because this is what you obviously do day to day uh, but if 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 i've got this correctly we're basically now saying in our modern workplace that people can connect to our corporate, you know, uh, networks. I'm going to, I'm putting air quotes around it, our corporate networks and our corporate software and our corporate data seemingly from anywhere, you know, this, you know, enabling the workforce to work from home, to work from wherever they would prefer to work from. And these technologies allow our, you know, our employees to work in, hostile environments you know from a network perspective uh but still gives us a level of control and reporting so that we know that you know the data that's being transmitted and stored and access on those devices is safe yeah that sounds yeah. about right and it's it's keeping that balance between being too restrictive with security versus flexibility for users to work as well there's always yeah. that balance within the, the security world yeah how you know because you you could lock it down to only the ip address from the you know the corporate network couldn't access 365 or SaaS applications yeah but you know that breaks in today's pandemic when everyone's working from home yeah definitely so yeah, yeah. No, that's great no i think that's really good um you know i've definitely um from a high level you know understood you know the concept of zero trust a lot more so i think that was yeah loads of densely packed information so yeah it was really uh really good i mean i definitely think we should do some more in-depth discussions about maybe some of the technologies and how they actually um you know what they actually do like on a more you know um in a more depth you know and to understand what the actual benefit of you know each one of them is really um so yeah absolutely you know it's yeah i mean uh, i can talk about this for for hours so i know you do to me now so yeah no i yeah no i'm just i'm only joking but yeah i think it's um it's definitely a it's definitely a very um very important subject right for anybody i don't think it's it matters whether you're a you know uh um some sort of network security engineer but i think it's it's, it's important for everybody to understand what their responsibilities are you know even from a user's perspective right you know making sure that they understand that they're not going to get access to everything because that's the safest way for everybody to be. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the, I think there's, there's been that, that tie, isn't it? Where it may have allowed access because of who they are and things like that. And I think that yeah. needs to, the, the, the C-suite sometimes wanting full access because they need it to do their job, but, you know, ignoring the security in yeah. some sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they, 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 they always, you know, from, from my experience, they're asking for that access because they may need it at some point. So if you've got a scenario where you can say, okay, you're going to be a normal user for 95% of your time, and then when you want to elevate, all we're going to do is ask you to send a code to your mobile device, right? That's That seems to me like a reasonable compromise. Yeah, definitely. And it's the thing around, you know, if, if a device is managed, then we can trust it more so we can reduce the amount of MFA prompts, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. you know, MFA is important, but if you can prove that that device is managed by yourselves and it's, it's compliant, then, you know, well, it's it, like a checklist, isn't it? Right. Like, is it on the corporate network? Yes. But that doesn't mean to say it's secure because that could be a bad actor on your corporate network. Right. But then, you know, is the device compliant? Yes. Do we think, you know, is there any weird activity with that user? No, because, you know, they come to work nine to five and they sit at the same desk every day. So, we're, you know, from a, you know, a logic perspective, yes, okay, right, fine, don't MFA that because there's no point interrupting that user's workflow. But if that user happened to be from, you know, the the Arctic Circle one day, the, all the other checks are right, but they've impossibly traveled to the Arctic Circle, then, well, you know, something's got to be wrong. So maybe we should just ask them to MFA and see if they get through. Right. Yeah, and it it could be like you said, it's when people go on holiday, things like that. Yeah, yeah. They can just have an MFA prompt to prove that they are that who they say they are whilst they're away. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Or 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 the company can just block access. Cool. Um, got any news for this week? I uh, got a few bits. Have you got any? I haven't got any for this week. To be totally honest with you. Um. Yeah, I haven't got anything at all. Okay. So one thing that's probably going to be announced. Not. It's not. That it's not been a nat well, it's not been officially announced yet, but um, I've seen it. But uh, in the Azure Sentinel, they've brought out a user behavior analytics part. So what that allows you to do is, based on all the data that's being put into Sentinel, um, you can see what a user's been doing, and it gives you a risk score of how many alerts against them and things like that. Okay. Um, it's kind so of sort of an aggregation by users inside of yeah. Sentinel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you can see, you know, there's this user's been had failed logins 49 times, or, um, yeah, that kind so it's of kind thing. It's kind of like and, MCAS on steroids. Yeah, and it's probably. I mean, I've not looked into it fully because I only seen it. I think I only seen it on Friday. So yeah, um, and I've been looking around for any blogs for it yet. So I'm guessing they'll be coming out soon as it's been sort of released. Yeah. Um, but it looks like it could be across the all um, data points that are put into. Um, Sentinel, where the user might be referenced. So, is that you know correlation across the whole the whole yeah. part, where MCAS is kind of the SaaS apps yeah, and sure. Azure AD yeah. kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it, like you said, it's it's, it's MCAS on steroids. Um, so that looks interesting. If anybody from Microsoft is um, is listening, that is my marketing material, by the way. Just <laughs> if you ever want to use it in any of your promotional material, that's <laughs> yeah, that's cop well, it's not, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's mine. <laughs> Um, the other one is, as I keep talking about it, Microsoft Defender ATP having endpoint DLP. So this is 
within the compliance center of Office 365, um, you can create rules now to basically say, if I see this data, don't allow it to leave the device through USB pens, things like that. Awesome. Um, so it's good. kind of like um, the people who know um, it will be Windows Information Protection, um, where the WIP um, was kind of um, given the ability to say that these devices are corporate device, um, corporate applications. Um, so all data is then um, classed as corporate, so you couldn't upload it to your personal OneDrive. Um, it's it's that Windows Information Protection is still used, um, but this Defender ATP DLP endpoint DLP is going to be, uh, you know, again that on steroids as uh, as you put it, Sam. You can't be using my marketing, <laughs> okay? I'll... Right. Anyway, yeah, no, that sounds great. Um, or, and this is the thing: is every single time there is always in your news segment updates to all of these, you know, and they are SaaS products, right? You know, you're not, you know, if you're already licensed for these, you're getting these updates for air quotes again free. Um, you know, so this is again just, you know, another one of the many reasons that these. You know, these um, software suites are just so powerful because you just continually get the latest updates and the latest features and the latest functionality without having to build anything yourself, right? You know, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of good thing about having a, a um, subscription, isn't it? Is that it's, you're always getting the latest updates. It's almost evergreen yeah. kind of thing, isn't it? Where you, yeah. you, you let you on the latest. So yeah. It's like job done, isn't it? It's like, oh, I've got that now. You know, you can opt in to use it and you might not understand it. You might have to go and learn it, but it's there if you want it, right? You know, you can go and turn it on. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's all I had for today. Cool. Okay, right. Well, I think, yeah, we've um, spoken. I mean, what sort of, t I think we're at about nearly an hour, aren't we? So, um, are we? Uh, I don't think we are. I think this might, this might be our oh, shortest no. okay. wow. episode. Well done, Alan. <laughs> well, well done. Alan did say that before we started, he was like, I think this might be a short one. And I mean, what did we start at? We started at um, 35. Okay, so yeah, we're just... It's still yeah, a long okay. one. but Yeah, it's still 40 minutes. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think... Yeah, okay, that's not too bad. Yeah, we're getting better. Sorry, everyone, that you've got to listen to us waffle on. But I think that's the, that's the thing when we talk, like as in we, you know, we've always said this from the start. This is just me and Alan talking you know we ha we do follow like a structure but we're just talking about we're just teaching each other stuff that we know from each side of how we access azure in office 365 right you know it's 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 just a more technical in-depth well this wasn't really in-depth but it, it was in-depth for you know this doesn't look like a marketing slide for zero trust does it you know this isn't you know that's not what we've talked about today we've talked about you know, what Zero Trust is, why you can use it. And this is the technology that's out there, you know, Microsoft focus for you to, to be able to do that. So, um, okay, cool. Uh, anything else you want to add, Alan? Any other news or anything? Uh, no, there's no news just to say thanks for listening. And, um, you know, we're seeing the numbers still yep. slowly increasing and people yep. listening to our latest episodes and things like that. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, no, it's absolutely great that... Um, we're getting because we do absolutely no promotion of this podcast at all so if you are listening you have found us organically right uh, we don't do absolutely anything but we do see a spike every time we release an episode we see a spike in listens um and also subscriptions um so yeah it's it's amazing that you guys 
um, listen to what we have to say because I'm not sure I would. No, that's only a joke. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I just yeah. So um, we'll continue to make content um, as 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 long as it provides value to at least somebody. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't think we've got the next. What the next one's going to be? Have no, we? we don't have a. We we went through a bulk, didn't we? And we 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 d- planned out some episodes. So we'll have to do that again and um, get some more episodes in the pipeline. Um, but that's it from me. Anything else, Al? I know I've asked you that's already, it. but all yeah, good. No, thanks everyone, and uh, I hope we'll speak to you soon. I hope I will speak to you soon, Alan, as well. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, Speak to you guys later. See you later. Bye. See ya.